Hello and welcome to Keeping It Real, where we're going to dive into the mysterious world of plastic surgery. My name's Alex, and each episode I'm sitting down with the respected surgeons Dr. Richard Bloom and Dr. Kim Taylor from Replastic Surgery, and we're going to ask all the hard questions that you want the answers to. Moisture not coming in, saying I want to look like Posh Spice or Pamela Anderson. And so it can be quite life-changing for them. And um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. If someone's had good work done, then no, I don't, I don't believe it is obvious. If you're having a breast augmentation, you, know, you don't want to be going to the plastic surgeon who does road trauma. When it comes to looking good after having breast surgery, healing and caring is the most essential part. So Kim and Richard are going to take us through post-surgery care and how we can really look after ourselves to make sure that we end up with the best results possible. So hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Real. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thank you. After someone's had the surgery, what is a realistic expectation of length of time in terms of healing? So the day of the surgery, after breast augmentation surgery, patients will go home. They'll expect to be a little bit sleepy and tired for that day, quite achy in their breasts and often they swell up a little bit and they feel quite tight. From the very next day, they'll be able to get up and have a shower and be mobile around their home. Um, we'd really encourage patients to be active whilst being sensible about doing that. So generally one to two weeks off work, depending on exactly what their occupation would be. We see patients in terms of follow-up at the one week and then the two-week marks to be able to help guide how well they're doing, which is generally pretty well, and to encourage them to um, be moving their arms around and making sure that they're, they are reasonably active whilst being sensible about their recovery. Generally, people are off strong painkillers within a few days, maybe in, on just taking Panadol and Nurofen for up to a week. We don't have strict rules about position for sleeping. We know that other surgeons are very strict about things like that, but really in a position that's comfortable for a patient, which generally for the first week is not lying on their side, but they don't have to be particularly upright. And we'd recommend um, before the surgery having a lot of pillows available and maybe even some pre-prepared meals uh, to make life a bit easier afterwards. Over the next few weeks, then every day should generally be feeling more comfortable and uh, better. And that at about six to eight weeks, people are back to their, their uh, normal routine. Um, in terms of the appearance of the breasts, uh, they most of the changes in the first few weeks, but um, if they took a photo every single week for a year, there's probably going to be small changes that are still visible, in particular scars take up to a year or so to, to reach their final point of fading. But most of those changes are all within the first few weeks to the first couple of months. So how long would you say that it takes someone to get back to feeling remotely normal? Remotely normal? I, I would say within a week. Most most people are driving by a week and doing most of their normal activities. We're always asked how long recovery is. And it's kind of, it's not a very specific question because it depends on recovery to what. So, you know, there's different stages. So recovery to doing most normal things, I'd say within a week. Driving, um, there's a bit of a spread. So a lot of patients will drive at a week, but most, almost all would be driving by two. Um, and then back to work is depending on what you do. So if you're doing things which involve more heavy lifting, it's going to be a bit longer. If you're doing office work or admin work, you can 
go back to work pretty much within two or three days and work from home almost the next day. In terms of the wound, the wound is healed within a week. Um, the scar then starts the maturation process. It's at its full strength by six weeks. Uh, and then, um, as Kim was just saying, it, it takes six, 12, 18 months to fully mature. And you know, we do laser treatments along the way to help speed that up and get the best possible scar. Do you find that scarring is one of the things that, that women are very focused on in terms of healing? Uh, least focused on. <laughs> um, it's a five centimetre scar that's in the fold of the breast. It's, it's almost invisible. I, I can't recall a, a, a case where, you know, the scar's been problematic in breast surgery. It's, scars, how scars heal, there's a number of different factors, but the location on the body is really, really important, probably second most to going to a good surgeon. And that's just a spot that heals particularly well. It's in a natural skin crease. Um, it's hidden by the breast. So it, it's if you look closely and you lift the breast up and you, you take a photo, you'll be able to see it. But um, it, it's pretty invisible otherwise. Mm. Not going to be something that's obvious moving forward when you're in a bikini or anything like that? No, never. Re has its own compression bras. Why are those essential to healing? It's not so much the healing, so the healing is more about the wound and things, but it, it just helps to control the shape of the breast and also f more for a comfort point of view as well. So having something that's a little bit more supportive uh, than maybe something that's um, of a lesser material. Um, and also with all breast surgery, um, we, you want to avoid a um, underwire because the underwire will then be rubbing on the scar and so that can cause problems. So these are all soft sort of uh, tops that give maximum support, but not going to dig in in the wrong wrong places. And I know in a previous episode, we talked about what we include, you know, the, our bras, our compression bras, which are branded with a nice little re on them, are also included in our surgical fee. So um, patients get that as well. And um, one thing that we do see discussed a lot is the drop and fluff. What is that? And can you tell us a little bit more about it? Drop and fluff, I guess, is a very non-medical term. And I actually first learned that term ever from a patient who came in and asked me about it uh, quite a number of years ago. And I was it was something I'd actually never heard of before. Generally, from our terms of speaking, it's it's the implant settling and the breast tissue settling around the implant as well is what I believe that process really is. So um, in the early days, often a breast will uh, and an implant will look like it's sitting quite high. The tissues are quite tight and swollen and tense. And so part of that healing process is the, the tissues sort of softening and relaxing um, around the outside of the implant sometimes also described as people described as frankenboob where the the everything's looking just a bit weird and a bit wrong particularly in the early days and it's really difficult but we we say to patients like you know just don't look too closely at everything too early on but you know in this day and age of selfies and uh, people are generally photographing their journey if not day by day but hour by hour and so that yeah really that process is just the matter of the first few weeks is really where the tissues are kind of relaxing around the implant and everything goes from looking a little bit weird to a lot more what we expect um, the interesting thing for us, I guess, is that there's sort of the minute you finish the operation that you put the dressing on, that's that's kind of what the breasts are going to look like once everything's settled. But as soon as the patient wakes up in recovery, they it, it's changed from that um, even quite rapidly in terms of how they swell. 
mostly we put our implants under the muscle and so the muscle can swell up quite a bit in the upper portion too. So um, that takes a little bit of time um, to relax and settle. So how long is the timeline from when, after surgery, when can they look at their breasts and say, that's what I'm going to look like? I think probably a fairly close idea at that four to six week mark. There's still going to be some swelling for sure at that time, but it it is um, less than in the first few weeks. Um, and probably at about the three-month mark, there's not going to be a significant amount of change after that. Um, in terms of going and buying new bras, shopping for new clothes, I say to patients from six weeks is generally a good time because the size isn't going to change a whole lot from then. Um, some of them are out shopping, <laughs> buying new things day one and um, can't wait to, you know, they can't wait to see what their new shape's going to look like. Um, but it will change quite a bit over those first few weeks. Mummies is a big thing. When they, when can they get back to being themselves and looking after their little ones? Yeah, so, so women who've got young kids obviously do need to have a little bit of support at home. Mostly this surgery is being done sort of after... Uh, their kids are, are walking and things, so there's usually not so much lift, so not so much carrying, um, but even from a, quite an early stage and even in the first couple of weeks, um, lifting a child into into a car or into a bed or into a bath is okay, um, and I always contrast uh, lifting with carrying, so that's okay, but carrying a kid around a supermarket while you're doing shopping, not okay, mm. so. For those sorts of things, it's more like two months. Right. And what about exercise for the people that want to get back into something a little bit more strenuous? So um, we've also teamed up with a personal trainer just um, around the corner from our our, our office. Um, so she's put together a um, program of exercises that we're comfortable with patients doing after various different operations. And sh- um, she's done a, a video for what you can do after a breast augmentation. So you can start doing things. Um, we obviously don't like people, women doing um, chest specific chest exercises. And if it's going under the muscle, and, and even if it's sort of going over the muscle, because it still is attached to the muscle in some way, you know, you, you sort of, you, you need to sort of sacrifice doing the heavy bench presses and uh, those sorts of exercises because it can still cause problems with the shape long-term. So, um, you know, it's, it's a, there's one space of real estate and you've got to make a decision whether you're going to focus on the breast implant or on your chest exercises. So basically just keep it to the leg stays for a yeah. first couple of months. Yeah. I mean, yeah, long term you can get back to doing, uh, you know, arm stuff and Pilates and yoga and things. But yeah, if you're going to have a breast augmentation, probably um, bench pressing and things like that are, are, are not a great idea, even in the long run. And what about running? Running, I'd usually say uh, six weeks. So sort of, um, you know, anything that's going to cause too much movement, so running, jumping, skipping, that sort of thing is more like six weeks, walking straight away. And what about, we haven't really discussed pain at all. How bad is it after the operation and what's considered normal and what's considered not normal? Most patients are surprisingly um, describe their pain as not as bad as what they're expecting. It's pretty rare to have someone that's in agonising pain and generally if they are, then it's possibly a sign that there's something else going on. As I said earlier, the patients go home on the day of the surgery, so that means that they have to be able to control their pain relief with a tablet um, 
pain relief. Um, sometimes they need stronger pain relief at, in the evening, at night time. Um, generally is a time where things are a bit more un- uncomfortable. But often within a couple of days, Panadol uh, and or Nurofen is really enough to get them through. Um, certain movements will certainly feel a bit more uncomfortable. Um, we encourage them to be lifting their hands up, washing their hair, doing things like that, rather than sort of trying to wrap themselves in cotton wool. But doing any of those things suddenly, they'll feel may feel stretching, pulling, weird kind of sensations. We've never had anyone that's stretched and popped the stitches out and the implant's going to fall out. But that that's a genuine concern of uh, of some people. So just being sensible and moving sensibly. Usually everyone by a week is off any kind of strong pain relief. And would you say six months later that you, you're basically generally back to your normal self? I'd say earlier than that. Yeah, I think usually around the two-month mark, most women will feel back to their normal self. The other thing just uh, reminded me because of a patient I saw earlier this week, both sides often are different. And it, that's often something that concerns patients because they have different pain on one side than the other side. And so they think something's wrong. But what you've got to understand is when we're operating and making the space, the dissections, even though the space is the same, um, you, you might sort of bruise a nerve on one side and not on the other side or a bit of the muscle or if you're close to the rib. And so there's a bit of more healing or inflammation on one side and not the other side. Um, and that, that's totally fine. So sometimes they can they settle differently. There's different discomforts, different pains, but it's obviously important to let us know, but usually that's fine. And obviously you both can't talk from personal experience, but from what you hear from other patients, what does it feel like afterwards? Does it feel different? Can you tell that they're there? Most patients feel like um, the implants then become a part of their body and that they it's not something that they specifically think about or are aware of on a daily basis. Completely different, for example, to having wearing a chicken fillet in your bra where you're aware that that's sort of external to your body. Um, once the implants are inside, they're healed, they're, they become, you know, within the tissues and really move with the patient and um, tend to act like quite natural tissue we certainly I explain to patients and when I see them at their sort of longer follow-up so the four month to a year when I examine them I sort of show them and get them to feel the edges of the implants and what they would expect is okay this is implant this is you um don't be freaked out about that if you notice it occasionally someone will come in at like even two years and be like I've just suddenly felt this and it's actually just the implant and they've never really felt it really closely before. And, um, and it's really easy just to reassure. And um, there certainly is possible to feel where the, the edges of them are, particularly underneath and then at the sides. But once someone's completely settled and everything's healed, then usually it's not something that they notice a lot. And in terms of regular checking, we have talked about um, cancer and things before, but what, what should women be doing long term? Um, every year maybe, or what do you recommend of keeping an eye on implants? They should do what, what every woman should do, which is uh, do self-examination every month. Um, and if you notice any lumps or changes or swelling, then contact us. We should be the first port of call. Uh, and we're happy to see all of our patients at any stage. And if there's a problem that's not related to the implants, then we'll, we'll refer them on to um, the appropriate doctor to have that taken care of. Um, but 
um, self-examination and then mammograms at the appropriate ages. So from go to woe, we've obviously been covering the, the last four episodes of um, breast augmentation and um, feel free to go back and listen to another one if you feel like you've missed anything along the way. Um, but Richard, just to sum up, how long is the journey? Uh, well, um, generally breast augmentation compared to um, maybe some other breast procedures, often women have been thinking about it for a long period of time. But then from the time that they have made the decision and had a consultation, they want to have the surgery fairly quickly. So they, it's usually the, it's something they've been thinking about since puberty and the breast didn't develop. Um, but then from the time they've said, yes, I want to do this, they find a surgeon, they have a consultation. They usually want to have the surgery uh, within a, a month or a few months. Um, and so, and then, so once that's been, been done, then I would say the the main thing is when you're getting back to sort of all normal activities, which is, is two months. So probably sort of in the period of time where you're thinking about it is sort of maybe, you know, in the lead up and then afterwards is three months, but you know, they, they, they're still devices that are implanted. So, you know, the journey continues and you need to keep monitoring things and, and be vigilant if, if anything changes and come back and see us. So three months sort of in the uh, short term, um, but then sort of lifelong looking after, you know, making sure everything's fine. Right. And if someone goes through the journey with, with everything going well, like most people, what's, what's the message at the end? After that sort of three to six month period and you're back exercising, most patients don't think about it definitely on a day-to-day basis, but it's a very rewarding procedure. Often these are women who haven't been able to wear clothes they want to wear. They don't feel comfortable going to the beach. They can't wear bras, can't buy bras. They don't like going bra shopping. And so it can be quite life-changing for them. And um, we see improvements in their self-esteem, their confidence. We get to know our patients pretty well. So you you'd actually see these changes. So it's, it's a, a very enjoyable operation to be part of. And Kim, from your experience, what does it mean for women after they've gone through this process of healing and, and they've got their their new boobs? Often they just feel like their body's now complete, that they're more feminine, they they have the shape and the body that they feel like they kind of always wanted or waited, waited to grow or that they lost after breastfeeding. They're generally just comfortable and happy in their own skin. It's, it's great to journey to be part of. What are some of the long-term complications? Um, probably the main thing uh, that people, women need to be aware of, part from some of the other things we've talked about, is capsular contracture. So whenever you put a foreign body into a patient, um, the body forms a scar tissue around it. Now, in the breast, we call that a capsule. And for the most part, it's a, it's a good thing. It kind of protects the implant it walls the implant off from the rest of the body. It walls the rest of the body off from the implant. In a small number of cases, and it varies depending on technique and depending on implant style and also depending on surgeon, that capsule can go firm and can even distort the shape and you may need some more surgery to revise that. So that's probably the most common thing that we see. The other things are more about changes in shape, which are usually in relation to other events, maybe pregnancy or weight gain or weight loss and things like that. Uh, so that, they'd be the sort of two main long-term issues that we um, look out for and, and tell patients about. And those latter ones are more 
um, related to changes of the patient's body and their breast tissue over the top of the implants rather than that the implants are problematic or um, causing any issues themselves. So um, breast breasts and breast tissue will continue to change with a patient whether they've got implants in or not. So um, that's something we always discuss beforehand. One thing that um, used to be a much bigger problem and patients often ask about it is, is rupture of implants. I've never actually seen any of my patients who've had an implant rupture. It's actually pretty rare. It was more common with the older style implants. They had shells that were a bit weaker. They had seams and that used to split. And so, um, but that, that doesn't seem to be as common as what it used to be. And in terms of warning signs, we've talked about all the long-term complications, but what are the real big red flags to go and, and get it checked? So I guess we'd break that down into the short and the long-term um, warning signs. So in the short term, so in the early days after surgery, swelling generally would be an alarm about whether the patient's had a bleed or whether there's a fluid collection there. A few weeks after surgery, if there's any redness, increasing pain, uh, if a patient's got a temperature, then that would potentially be a sign of infection. Both those things are extremely uncommon and we always prescribe antibiotics for our patients so they get antibiotics during the surgery um, and they also go home with um, tablet antibiotics. So we do everything um, in our ability to try and reduce the risk of that because with a foreign body like a breast implant, if it does become infected, then there's a worst case short term scenario that it may need to be removed. Those are the main things in the in the short term. Um, in the long term, what we've talked about, so uh, significant changes in shape, um, capture contracture, which presents as firmness, and that can be slowly progressive over time. And then anything related to a lump or sudden swelling is um, definitely alarm alarm bells that needs to be checked out straight away. All right. Well, that sums up the journey of breast augmentation that we've been going on during these episodes. Thank you so much, Richard and Kim, for joining us, for keeping it real. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for having us, Alex. Thanks, Hex, Alex. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Keeping It Real. To keep up with our next episodes, go and subscribe on Spotify or iTunes or wherever it is that you get your podcast. If you have further questions or want to take the next step, visit www.replasticsurgery.com.au or follow Re on social media. If you want to put any questions to our experts or join the conversation, head on over to our Re Girls Facebook group. 